Get to the Root of It is a podcast for the curious health seekers hoping to figure out the root causes of symptoms in order to live a happier and healthier life. We look through the lens of functional and integrative medicine, occupational therapy, yoga, health coaching, and environmental wellness in hopes of sharing valuable ideas that may help someone in some way. We will take deep dives into root causes of autoimmunity and all types of dementia and cognitive decline in order to increase our understanding so that we can reduce our risk and optimize health for ourselves and our loved ones. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical care. We recommend speaking to your own practitioner with any medical questions or health concerns. Welcome to Get to the Root of It. I am Laurel Brennan, your host, and today I'm here with my dad, Dr. Richard Krebs. He is a retired psychologist, a retired Lutheran pastor, retired husband, and a very active friend, father, and grandfather. And he is here today. We're recording just before Thanksgiving so that he can share about what he has called his year of gratitude, which is following the academic year. So started in September. And um, my guess is that it didn't start with the ultimate goal of being healthy, which is typical for my dad. He just is, he does all the things that are healthy without um, intentionally designing it in that way. So we'll talk about the science of gratitude later, but now let's just hear about your year of gratitude. Well, it actually started back in August with my birthday as I entered my 85th year, I decided that uh, I needed to thank a lot of people for a lot of different things. Uh, part of the impetus with, for that was that uh, the downside of getting older is that people that you love and care about die. And there've been lots of friends and family members uh, that I didn't explicitly and, and carefully thank for the impact they had on my life. And I decided uh, I didn't want any more time to go by uh, without finding people that had made my life better in some way. Uh, and so I started and uh, it's actually going very well. Some of them I thank in person, uh, some I've tracked down uh, by mail or text, but wherever possible, it's been face-to-face uh, -face and uh, some version or other of thank you for making my life better. And I'm sure that it's positively, positively impacting you as well as them. So the, the love and gratitude kind of spreads. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't really think about that. Uh, but with the first two people that I thanked, uh, they both ended up thanking me. And I thought, oh, yeah. It, it does work both ways. Uh, and so not only did I get to thank them, uh, but they got the chance to thank me, which was good for them as well as good for me. Uh, and that's what's been happening uh, time after time. Uh, it's probably up to oh, at least 15 people now. A uh, couple of cases, couples, but mostly individuals. How far have you gone back? Oh, um, well, almost to the beginning of my life, because one of the people that I've thanked is my brother, uh, who's three years younger than me. And uh, we get together once a month 
for lunch. Uh, for years, it was not just the two of us, but our third brother, the oldest of the three. Uh, he died, uh, it's been uh, about four years ago, I guess now. Uh, but we, Don and I continue to get together. And uh, I want to thank him not only for being my brother, but uh, he was my friend. And uh, when we were young, my playmate. Uh, and so we've uh, we've stayed in touch and uh, been good for each other for uh, over eighty years. Yeah, yeah, good memories. And I know there's some people that you reached out to, family members, because the the people you wanted to thank were no longer capable of hearing your thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. Again, the downside of of. Uh, of thanking people. Uh, and in some cases, it wasn't just that, that the person I wanted to thank wasn't available. But the other thing that stretched it a little bit was there were two people that I thanked, not so much for me, but for the impact that they had on Barbara, my, my wife, your mother. Uh, and uh, one of those was uh, Marie Douglas, who uh, was an aunt, uh, just I think it's seven years older than than uh, my wife was. Uh, they almost grew up together, and uh, she had an, an enormous impact on on Barbara. Uh, her aunt, her friend, her idol. Uh, Marie was a teacher. Barbara wanted to be a teacher. Uh, Marie spent a summer working at Ocean City, Maryland. Barbara wanted to spend the summer working at uh, Ocean City, Maryland, but I asked her to go steady and messed that up. So she never got to do that. But uh, she and I got to Ocean City as a couple years later. And uh, in fact, today I'm on my way down to Ocean City uh, to remember uh, a lot of good times that we had there and a lot of powerful times that we had there. Uh, and so I thanked Marie, uh, not so much for me and the impact she had directly on me, but for the impact that she had on Barbara. Uh, they were good friends. Uh, they laughed a lot together. And, and as I said, Marie was Barbara's idol. The other person who was like that uh, was her not quite next door neighbor. She was two houses away, uh, Eileen. And uh, they became friends when Barbara first moved to Baltimore in first grade uh, and re remained friends literally their whole lives. Uh, and like Marie and like Barbara, uh, Eileen was a teacher and uh, a friend, a companion, and uh, three, four years older, uh, so a, a bit of a mentor. Uh, although uh, Eileen used to call Barbara the brain, uh, partly because she beat her in pinochle all the time, uh, and partly because Barbara uh, went to 49, which was an accelerated uh, junior high program in Baltimore, and you had to be a brain to get into that program. Uh, so I thanked both Marie and Eileen uh, for the indirect impact they had on me. Uh, and yes, there have been some times when 
uh, I had to say thank you to somebody else uh, because the person I wanted to thank was was not there. But uh, but as I said, it also worked the other way, which was uh, I thanked some people, not for the direct impact that that person had on me, but the in, indirect impact they had uh, by by being good and kind and uh, loving to somebody that I loved. Yeah. Um, so it hasn't been hard for you to come up with no, people to thank? No, no, uh, no, it hasn't. Uh, I know you keep a journal. It's not specifically a gratitude journal. Um, but how has being in contact, directly thanking someone, felt different to you than writing a gratitude? Mm -hmm. Actually, not all that different. Um, and that's kind of surprising. Uh, I wouldn't have asked myself that question. Um, Eileen, for example, uh, lives with her uh, younger daughter in, in uh, Georgia, and I didn't get to see her. Um, <clears throat> but the note I wrote to her was uh, felt just as satisfying as the visits that I've made, uh, some of them short term uh, or short time spent finding the person, uh, some a little more complicated, uh, like the, the couple that I went up to see in Boston uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, um, they, they go back a long way. Bill and Marlene, uh, before you were born, I guess. Uh, we became friends with them. Uh, your mother and uh, two other mothers in the neighborhood started a playgroup when your older brother and sister were just little. Uh, and they, those women became friends. And then the husbands became friends uh, and have remained friends now for over 50 years. Uh, so most of these people that I'm thanking uh, go back, as I said, in the case of my brother, a lifetime, but in case of many of the, these people, for 50-plus years. Uh, and that's been part of the joy of it, too, to realize uh, how long this interaction has gone on and how the impact was not just years ago or very recently, but year after year after year. So I was getting at the, the journaling versus the face-to-face, -face, mm -hmm. but you mentioned a letter. So I want to get some clarification. So do you, do you write personal gratitude things in your private journal, or is that different? Um, I haven't done much of that. Um, I, I wrote... A, what I have is a list in my journal uh, that I've been checking off uh, people that I wanted to get to. Uh, there's still a few that I haven't gotten to yet. Uh, they haven't been checked. Uh, in fact, I was just talking with one of those people yesterday, uh, uh, Carol Snyder. She was part of that play group. Uh, and her husband, Bill, and I go back to elementary school. Uh, I met Carol the same time, or shortly after Bill did, 
uh, when the three of us were at Gettysburg College together. Uh, there was a, a required chapel back in those days at Gettysburg, and you had to attend, I think it was one or two a week. They had them every uh, day, uh, but you, you had to sign in. Uh, I, don't what the con I don't remember what the consequences were if you didn't, but uh, we went the minimum number. And then the other days, uh, we got together at a coffee shop, and uh, there were six of us. Uh, that got together and had deep, uh, looking back now, maybe occasionally a little silly, but uh, they were deep then, uh, discussions about all kinds of issues. Uh, that went on for, for a couple of years. Uh, only, uh, yeah, it was only two years because uh, Carol was a couple of years younger than Bill. And, uh, it was either junior or senior year that uh, that they met, Bill's junior or senior year, uh, but uh, that that friendship then continued on uh, with uh, Bill being my best man and my being his best man at our mutual weddings, uh, children growing up together, including that play group that that uh, your mother and several other women started. Uh, they lived in the neighborhood, a uh, group of row houses in, called Lock Raven Village in Towson. Uh, yeah, lots, lots of good memories. I didn't know that story about the coffee club. Yeah. Yeah, that's a new one. So um, if other people, well, let, let me ask, and, and I think I already know the answer, but I'll let you share. Did um, your background as a psychologist or your background as a pastor have any bearing on this year of gratitude? Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, only indirectly. Uh, it, it, it had an impact uh, in the sense that some of the people that I met uh, I met either because I was a psychologist or a, a pastor, but uh, I don't. Th I think this would have happened even if I hadn't been either of those things. Uh, did it color them? Sure. I mean, uh, I I can't have spent uh, forty plus years as as a psychologist or a pastor and not have it uh, impact everything that I do. Um, but it wasn't because I was those things, I don't think, that I decided to do this. Because um, the field of positive psychology, which talks about the health benefits of gratitude, didn't even exist when you were a psychologist. No. <laughs> yeah. No. And um, I don't know about your religious experiences, if there was a focus on gratitude or, or no. Indirect. Uh, you know, we're supposed to be thankful to God, and I am. Uh, but I don't recall any specifics about being uh, thankful to people. Uh, uh, nothing that immediately pops into mind, anyhow. Uh, you know, you're supposed to be nice if you're a Christian, especially if you're a pastor. Um, and most of the time I am, but... <laughs> <laughs> So I just wanted to thank you for being a good example. Hmm. I, 
I, I won't go into the, the science of gratitude until after you're gone. Because okay. I know that part is not really important to you. Mm -hmm. um, right. But I just wanted to share an example of ways that people can use gratitude in their life, whether it's a, a, a list of mm -hmm. people that they're grateful for, um, whether it's writing a letter, whether it's actually going to visit. Um, and even if that person is no longer alive or no longer cognitively able to accept your gratitude, even sharing your gratitude with a family member continues its positive ripple effect. So thanks yeah. for being a good example. You're welcome. The, it does, your, your comment uh, does remind me one of the people that I, I tried to go back to thank was my uh, choir director. My first job was when I was 10 years old and got paid for being a boy soprano at the Episcopal Cathedral. Uh, and uh, the choir director organist was a, a, a wonderful man, uh, both as a musician and just a human being. And uh, I decided I wanted him to be one of the people I thanked. This was several years ago. Uh, and I called, tracked him down uh, through the uh, the Episcopal Cathedral, uh, and was able to get hold of his son rather than him, and found out that his dad was so demented that uh, his father no longer even recognized him, and and that was certainly one of the those stimuli that uh, made me decide this past birthday that I better get on with this now. Uh, because there are going to be more people, either because they die or are no longer capable of, of being responsive. Uh, but I'm not going to get to thank you. And so uh, I decided now, uh, don't don't waste any more time, Dickie boy. Uh, I, wasn't the other guy um, somebody who was very skilled at carving coconuts? Didn't you reach out to his family? I did. I forgot that. Yeah. Uh, he was the coconut man. I, I never knew his name. Uh, he had a stall at the old Lexington Market. Uh, and I would go down, especially at holiday time, uh, to get uh, coconut, fresh coconut. And this guy was absolutely amazing. Uh, he would hold the coconut in one hand. In the other hand, he had a little hatchet. And he would start to crack the coconut, turning it with his left hand, hitting it with his right, until he got the outer shell off. Uh, then if you brought a, a, a jar along, he would make a hole or a couple of holes and pour the milk into your jar. And then he would uh, take out his pen knife, open up his pen knife, carve off the, uh, the inner crust of the coconut, and then grind it up for you. And, and uh, in one motion would take a piece of paper, twist it into a cone, put the coconut in, and uh, send you home. Except I never went home. I'd stand there and watch him for a while. And uh, I went down for my coconut one. I think it was probably Christmas, uh, and he wasn't there. And uh, so I wrote a letter to the Sun paper saying that I missed my coconut man. And his family got in touch with me and thanked me for uh, memorializing their dad. Uh, apparently the Christmas before that, uh, he had decided to retire, went back to Italy for a visit, uh, died while he was there, and uh, 
There's never been coconut like that since, but it wasn't just the coconut. It was watching this guy who had all his fingers whack with a, a hatchet. Uh, just, it was beautiful to watch. Uh, and so it's been little things like that, uh, as well as people who have literally uh, made it possible for me to be alive uh, uh, that, that I'm grateful for. I like how you find little things to be grateful for and, yes. and, and share them with others because the gratitude grows. Yes, it does. Yeah. And you know, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for you. <laughs> we didn't, we were going to talking about doing this in separate studios. Well, we, we couldn't do that. So. <laughs> Thank so. you for not doing that. <laughs> yes. Thanks for joining us and stay tuned for part two with Science of Gratitude. Thank you for sticking around to hear part two on gratitude. Now I'm going to begin with a quote by Oprah Winfrey, because I think it was probably in the late nineties. I was in grad school when I first learned about the benefits of gratitude, I think from watching an Oprah show. And I actually made my husband who was my fiance at that point, a gratitude journal. You know, I cut out words and decoupaged it. That was a, an OT craft thing. And, um, I think he stuck with the strict gratitude practice about as well as I have. <laughs> I think maybe he has a couple of pages in that gratitude journal completed in our 25 years. It doesn't mean that he's not grateful, um, but we're going to talk a little bit about some of the gratitude practices, what might stick for you, um, might be different than what might stick for someone else. So here we go. Oprah's quote. Be thankful for what you have. You'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never, ever have enough. So thanks, Oprah, for introducing me to the practice of gratitude. And I am continuing to figure out or trying to figure out why these little um, strategies that I've attempted to incorporate into my life have never stuck. So. I have um, multiple gratitude journals, often with uh, one or two pages filled in, um, and I have had a gratitude jar where you write something on a piece of, even a beautiful, I had multiple different colored pieces of paper um, to write something in and, and put it in the jar. Um, that didn't really stick either. So so join me as we, as we dig into this. The neuroscience behind excuse me, the neuroscience behind gratitude, because sometimes the why, knowing the why, can help um, a practice stick. So that's my hope for myself. Maybe it'll, it'll help somebody out there as well. So I'm going to be sharing information from um, a blog on positivepsychology.com called "The Neuroscience of Gratitude and Effects on the Brain." And the first bit is the, the benefits of gratitude in three parts. So the psychological benefits, the physical benefits, the social benefits. So the psychological benefits um, of gratitude 
can increase positive thoughts and emotions, help you to be more aware and awake, increase self-satisfaction and enhance mood. That's the psychological benefits that fall under a happier you. The social benefits that fall under a better you in include better communication, more empathy, stronger interpersonal relationships, more likability among group members, and more involvement as a team member. They shared some science behind improvements in workplace relationships and in partnerships, you know, closer relationships by focusing on gratitude. And I have to say a personal story behind that as well. Um, my husband and I have went through some couples counseling, which I recommend for all married couples. And we focused a lot on each week on the problems. And actually, when we stepped back from that and started focusing on what was good, there was a shift. So um, we loved our counselor. She was good. She got us in the right direction. But a shift to fo from focusing on what was wrong to focusing on what was right was what ultimately worked for us. So just a little personal note there. Okay, so we have the psychological benefits, the social benefits, and the physical benefits are third, creating a stronger immune system, less body pains and aches, optimum blood pressure and cardiac functioning, and better sleep-wake cycles under the category of fitter you. So that's some some good stuff there from gratitude, from the benefits of practicing gratitude, psychological benefits, social benefits, and physical benefits. So we're going to dig a little bit deeper into um, the, the, the brain changes from gratitude. So studies have demonstrated that at the brain level, moral judgments involving the feelings of gratitude. This was a study by Zahn and colleagues in 2009. They looked at several different moral judgments, gratitude being one of them. And they evoked a response in the right anterior temporal cortex. And they found that people who express and feel gratitude have a higher volume of gray matter in the front inferior temporal gyrus. That's also Zahn um, and colleagues in 2014. So gratitude encourages um, increased dopamine and serotonin. So those are neurotransmitters responsible for our happiness. And gratitude can help us reduce fear and anxiety by regulating our stress hormones, our cortisol. Just so we focus on the present moment, the good that encourages um, release of the dopamine and serotonin. The cortisol drops down. Our fear fades away. Our anxiety fades away. If you've experienced it, um, it can be pretty powerful. So I'm going to continue um, digging into this blog here where we're going to share five ways our brain is impacted by gratitude. So gratitude isn't just a feel-good emotion. It's a powerful, powerful force that can reshape our brains. So gratitude first can release toxic emotions. So the limbic system, you may have heard of that before. It's kind of a group of structures in the brain that govern emotion and motivations and a sense of smell, our behavior kind of deeper animal responses, right? So the limbic system is part of the brain that's responsible 
for our emotional experiences. And it includes the thalamus, the hypothalamus, the amygdala, the hippocampus, and the cingulate gyrus. So studies have shown that the hippocampus and the amygdala, the two main sites that regulate emotions, memory, and bodily functions, get activated with feelings of gratitude. So a study conducted conducted on individuals seeking mental health guidance revealed that participants of the group who wrote letters of gratitude alongside their regular counseling sessions felt better and recovered sooner. That's by Wong and colleagues from 2018. And in another group in the study, um, or in, yeah, the other group in the study, the same study, were asked to journal their negative experiences, kind of similar to my therapy um, reflection. Um, so they were asked to journal their negative experiences instead of writing gratitude letters. And guess what happened to them? Increased feelings of anxiety and depression. So what we focus on, what we think about, has an impact on our emotions. So I'd like to add a bit of information about the hippocampus, since we were just talking about it, in case you're not already aware. In Alzheimer's disease, among the areas often damaged first are the hippocampus and its connected structures. So this damage makes it much harder for someone to form new memories or learn new information. So also, I want to share a study that connects anxiety to the, the onset, or at least there's a correlation with anxiety and Alzheimer's and dementias. So we, we learned that um, when we're focused on the negative, that we increase the feelings of anxiety and depression. And when we're focused on gratitude, we activate the hippocampus. Okay, so the study on anxiety, <clears throat> which believe me, gave me a little anxiety, but you know, check in, do some breathing and um, focus on gratitude. So this study, it was, um, a, 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 let, let me, sorry, let me go back. So from the journal of clinical medicine in 2020, it's called does anxiety increase the risk of all cause dementia? And this is an updated meta-analysis of prospective cohort studies. So it's looking at a lot of information. And the conclusion was anxiety is significantly associated with an increased risk of all-cause dementia. The treatment or prevention of anxiety might help to reduce dementia incidence rates, but more research is needed to clarify whether anxiety is a cause of dementia or an early sign or symptom. So just tuck that away, tuck that information away, um, and let's refocus on gratitude. So we went over five ways our brain is impacted by gratitude, number one. So gratitude releases toxic emotions. And let's move on to the next great thing about gratitude is that gratitude reduces pain. So this is a study by Emmons and McCullough in 2003. So counting blessing, blessings versus burdens. So similar to the previous study, 
It's a study that was conducted on evaluating the effects of gratitude on physical well-being. And it indicated that 16% of the patients who kept a gratitude journal reported reduced pain symptoms and were more willing to work out to, and cooperate with the treatment procedure. A deeper dig into the cause unleashed that by regulating the level of dopamine, gratitude fills us with more vitality, thereby reducing subjective feelings of pain. So benefit number two, gratitude reduces pain. Gratitude helps support and nourish the hippocampus, which is where um, it's an area of the brain that we definitely want to take care of. It's where we form new memories. And um, area number three, gratitude improves sleep quality. So studies have shown that receiving and displaying simple acts of kindness activates the hypothalamus and thereby regulates all bodily mechanisms controlled by the hypothalamus, out of which sleep is a vital one. So hypothalamic regulation triggered by gratitude helps us get deeper and healthier sleep every day. The brain, a brain filled with gratitude and kindness is more likely to sleep better and wake up feeling refreshed and energetic every morning. This is again Zahn and colleagues from 2009. So now we are on to the fourth way that gratitude positively impacts our brain, and this is connected to stress regulation. So this was cited in McCrady and Childra, Childra in 2004, and McCrady and colleagues in one of their studies on gratitude and appreciation found that participants who felt grateful showed a marked reduction in the level of cortisol, the stress hormone. They had better cardiac functioning and were more resilient to emotional setbacks and negative experiences. So significant studies over the years have established the fact that by practicing gratitude, we can handle stress better. By merely acknowledging and appreciating the little things, we can rewire the brain to deal with the present circumstances with more awareness and broader perception. So we're on to now benefit number five. And we'll check back in with gratitude reduces anxiety and depression. So here we are returning to the depression and anxiety focus. So by reducing the stress hormones, again, we know, and we've mentioned a couple times that the stress hormones that we're referencing are cortisol. So by reducing the stress hormones and managing the autonomic nervous system functions, Gratitude significantly reduces symptoms of depression and anxiety. So at a neurochemical level, feelings of gratitude are associated with an increase in the neural modulation of the prefrontal cortex, the brain responsible, the brain site responsible for managing negative emotions like guilt, shame, and violence. So as a result, people who keep a gratitude journal or use verbal expressions for the same, are more empathetic and positive-minded in nature. So it makes me want to take a deep breath and think of something that I'm grateful for. So grateful to be sitting here, grateful for um, a connection to anyone who might be listening right now. 
Um, it puts a smile on my face just to, to have a potential community out there that's um, growing so that we all can support each other. And yeah, so what are you grateful for? Gratitude reduces depression and anxiety. Gratitude um, aids in stress regulation. Gratitude improves sleep quality. Gratitude reduces pain. Gratitude releases toxic emotions. All amazing things. So I mentioned at the beginning that I have not been wildly successful at sticking with um, kind of a scripted gratitude practice. So like a journal, like a gratitude jar that you fill with little notes of things that you're grateful for. Um, but I wanted to reflect and just share some things that have stuck. And maybe this can help somebody else out there who is struggling with the, the gratitude journal or the gratitude jar. Um, I have a, a good friend who went to graduate school at Naropa Institute and there learned about gratitude and meditation. And she said she just, last thing before she goes to sleep at night, closes her eyes and thinks of three things that she was grateful for that happened that day. So you don't have to write it down. It's just a matter of getting your brain into that space, right? And I think I do that. Um, we say grace before we eat. I think that is just a moment to, to pause and note that the people you're with, the food you're about to eat, like just to say thanks, thanks, thanks for that. And it doesn't have to be a religious connection, really. It can be um, just a moment to pause and say thank you. And I wanted to share um, a TED Talk that struck me. And I learned about it from this positivepsychology.com blog post because they had a quote that wasn't, um, there was no, it didn't say unknown, but it also didn't say, it didn't give credit to anyone. So I did a little research and I found that at least one person that has said this quote is a Benedictine monk named Brother Steindl Rast. And he has a TED talk that struck me. And that quote is, it is not happiness that brings us gratitude. It is gratitude that brings us happiness. And he gave um, some examples that also sat well with me. It's not going not gonna to require writing in a journal. It's not going to require writing little notes. But it just encourages us to stop just for a moment. He talks about what we learned as a little kid before we were crossing the street is exactly what can help us focus on gratitude in life on a daily basis, on a, on a regular basis, not just once a day, but throughout the day. And he says, stop, look, and go. So just taking a moment to stop looking around. Whew, what am I grateful for? I am grateful for electricity, for my husband who knows IT stuff and helped me set this computer and, and lights and microphone up. I'm grateful for my dad who 
lets us live in his house and surrounds us with love and resources. Um, yeah. If you just look around, stop, look, and then go. Um, Brother Steindl Rest talks about how gratitude releases fear, that gratitude brings us into the present moment, and as mentioned, that gratitude creates happiness. And isn't that what we're all after? Everybody across the board seeking a life that is happy. And he shared that it's not happiness that brings us gratitude. It's gratitude that brings us happiness. So I want to encourage us all to stop and look and then go. And I'd like to share another quote. This one is um, cited by Robert Brault. He says, enjoy the little things. For one day, you may look back and realize they were the big things. So gratitude in all forms is associated with happiness. Whether we say thank you to someone or receive the same from others, if someone else tells us thank you, it brings the feeling of satisfaction and encouragement and expressions of gratitude help in building relationships and lasting long-term partnerships. It helps us deal with adversity and helps us bounce back from adverse times in life with strength and motivation to keep going. As a result, people um, you know, who keep a gratitude practice, whether it's a journal or just a grace or a prayer or um, thinking of three things that are that you're grateful for before you fall asleep, or you know, a stop and look and go. That gratitude um, creates long-term lasting effects in in the benefits and in in the structures of our own brain. Oh, another deep breath. Um, and lastly, I wanted to share that. I've done a bit of training um, to get the Recode certification with Apollo Health, and that's under Dr. Dale Bredesen, with a focus on reversing cognitive decline and preventing cognitive decline. And they use mindfulness as the base, as it's, it's hard to, uh, to work on all the things that we need to work on to optimize brain health if we're not in um, a space of mindfulness. And like Brother Steindl Rass shared, that gratitude brings us into the present moment, and we have to be in the present moment to be mindful. So all of these concepts are interconnected. I have to do another deep breath and say a little thank you. And I feel like here at the end, it's a little more like wrapping up a yoga class. So I'm going to say, may the light in me honor the light in you. Namaste. Grateful for you and your, your presence here. So thank you and happy Thanksgiving, whether it's the third, whether it's a Thursday in November 
is it the third Thursday or any Thursday or any day of the week? I hope that, um, that gratitude is part of your life now and ongoing. Take care. Bye now. Mm-hmm.